right. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Welcome to this edition of Who the Heck Are We? Episode 46 with the man himself, Eduardo Cosetang. But first, some promos to get out of the way. So we are a member of the Globally Ballin Network. So check out Globally Ballin's YouTube page for all of our video episodes and subscribe and hit that bell button. Moving on, other shows in the network, the Go Be Balling podcast, learn about sporting opportunities around the world with Aaron Aronson. Next up, we have five minutes with for your analysis-oriented show and you get to hear it from athletes first themselves. And third, we have Hang Time with Denise Dinsai for your voluble conversations. And last but not least, we have an eternity of basketball with Noel, Charlie, and Sid as you get to relive the golden era of Philippine hoops. And again, our episode is sponsored by Chops to Go. Um, check them out and order from SMB Kutan, SM South Mall, and SM North Edsa. And last but not least, for our sponsors, we have Hineluban, your delicious and healthy Adlai. I feel healthy already just talking about it, Claudia. But anyway, um, let's bring in our guest, the first Filipino set to compete in British F4. And we got Eduardo Cosetang, of course. Let's bring him in. Hey, Eduardo. Hi. Hi, Eduardo. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Can you hear us? All good? Yeah. Yeah, everything's good. Okay. So, how's it been over there in the UK? You know, we know that all of the countries have their different situations with the pandemic. And how's it there, of course? Because you're about to start your season already, if I'm correct. Yeah, so the, the season starts at May 8th, I think the first round is. But yeah, in terms of the pandemic, it's been quite tough lately. But recently, I think they lifted some uh, a few things. School is now um, face-to-face instead of online. And um, yeah, you can eat at public restaurants now, just outside, not allowed inside. So we see some development you guys are opening up were you guys ever hampered like you said oh no going to the racetrack or anything just stay at home did it ever get that extreme over there um i don't think it'll get that extreme for um f4 formula 4 because i think it's considered as an elite sport so like i think it's same same classification as f1 i could i could be wrong i'm not really sure but yeah I, I, we, we haven't really been prohibited from testing anywhere for pre-season all right. Yeah. So in the, basically, maybe for our friends who aren't really into motorsport, how it works is F4, F3, 2, and of course, F1, the granddaddy of it all. Yeah, yeah. Am I correct? Basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and then your team. Sorry, I forgot to ask you earlier. Is it Ar- Argenti? How do you pronounce your team's name? Yeah, that's correct. It's called Argenti Motorsport. Uh, yeah. Maybe you could tell us. How, how did you find your team? Did you go and show them maybe your karting highlights or anything? Did you do a tryout? Um, yeah, obviously, I, I emailed a bunch of teams, uh, gave them a resume on my achievements in karting, um, try to book um, some test dates to see how how the team is. Uh, I messaged, I think I messaged all the teams and I've ended mm-hmm. up picking uh, Argenti and another team and see which one's better. And uh, I just thought Argenti was just more professional and more um, wanting um, to do good, basically. So yeah, I chose them. Before we get to you, Claudia, maybe getting in the meat, maybe how, on how they stood out. Did you see maybe? Oh, they have a certain style of running things in the paddock on how they get their drivers to acclimatize to the systems. Is that exactly what 
got you to choose them maybe given all your options yeah you yeah exactly exactly that you know i mean if you're an f4 it's not like it's not like f1 it's not as professional but that's just the mentality you know i mean i think even if you're an f4 you should be as professional as possible to um yeah it's just a good good thing to do really all right Claudia? so yeah edward you know i, I i'm i'm familiar with the f4 f4 not f4 f1 Right, yeah. but I want to go back to how you actually started uh, your racing career. I know your father, uh, well, my generation. Your father was an amazing race car driver. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, he, he started go karting, and then uh, I think uh, you know he was starting to race. I, I would watch in in, in uh, Batangas, uh, Jody Costaing, your yeah. father. Oh, BRC. Sorry. Yeah, the BRC. Yeah. Exactly. BRC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then uh, because because um, my biological father, not my stepdad, but my biological father used to drive um, the Mustang, so the heavy 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 cars. And before that yeah. was was uh, the, the the you know your dad would be driving, and I would always hear Jody Costaing. It's like amazing. Yeah. And then suddenly we hear we have you here, the son of Jody Costaing. So how did he influence you, or what was your drive? Is it something that you wanted to do when you were young? Well, I mean, obviously. I- as a kid, being a boy, you, you usually look up to your dad, you know, as a father figure. And I was I was always at the racetrack anyways, you know, at BRC, at Clark, at Subic, all those tracks I was always at, watching my dad race. So I think it's only natural following his steps, you know. Uh, I think he introduced me to karting and I liked it and wanted to be like him when I was older. And here I am. Wow. And uh, did you dream as well? Like, I want to actually win more trophies than my father. Um, competitive, eh? <laughs> it was really like I wanted to be better than my dad. I just wanted to be the best that I can be, you know, see how far my um determination um gets me, uh, how far I'll go in motorsports. Yeah. And you started with, with go-karting. So how was it your first journey going into uh, go-karting, the kart? How how did it feel coming in then? From, from karting to F4 or from... Just from from the karting. first time to start, yeah, like, hey, I'm gonna be driving. Or were yeah, you were was, you given you know those toys when you were young and you know the, the little? Um, don't I don't I don't think I remember. Uh, <laughs> I think those um really small electronic cars. Yes, you know, yes, oh, yes. Like, goes really slow. <laughs> yeah, I think I had a bunch of them. Yeah, anything with wheels really, I enjoyed when I was younger. Okay, and then when you got into the first uh, go karting racetrack. Uh, yeah, what was I going through your mind? In, I forgot. I, I think I started in a track in Pasig. It's called Boomland Kart Track. Oh yeah, uh, Boomland. Yeah, yeah. And now it's just for rental carts. But not before they used to have like national championship. Uh huh. But yeah, I remember just um, just being really excited. You know, I didn't really like braking in the corners. I usually just carry too much speed, and then slide everywhere and lose so much time. Yeah, I just, I just really like the um the, the rush, you know. Uh, you're in the need for speed. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, was there any a uh, movie, uh, race car movies that influenced you as well? Um, no, no, I, it's, it's hard to it's hard to make movies quite realistic for uh, racing. I mean, Drive to Survive is actually quite realistic. From oh um, boy, yeah. Netflix, yeah, it's probably the most realistic series or, t- or a movie out there but yeah why, not really. why is that it's, it's different when it's on the movies of course they make it a little 
Hollywood. Yeah, I think it's more on. It's more for people who don't really know about uh, motorsport. The movie is usually for them <laughs> rather than the people who actually know motorsport. So yeah. And then did you have learned as well of the mechanics, getting into the engine? Because I have other questions prior to that. Because a friend of mine was also a race car driver, and he said knowing the in and outs of an engine will also help the car driver. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as a driver, I don't think we um, learn much about the engine. It's more on the cart uh, setup. You know, once once you get older, get more mature, be better as a racing driver. You learn you learn what the you learn what your driving style is, and you tune the car or cart to um what you want. So giving it more front end grip or rear grip, you know, the basics, things like that, will definitely help you. Oh gosh, I have a lot more questions about race car driving and all that. <laughs> But Clara, that's, our, that's all you. <laughs> we have a racing 101 later. I'm excited. Oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Because you're talking about driving style. I'm going to jump ship a bit. Drivers have so many different styles, you know. Like Alonso's been known for like his discarte, improvising in whatever situation yeah. he is. Um, Lewis Hamilton's known as the guy who's outright quick. Jensen Button yeah. maybe is more of a thinker. What is your driving style maybe? Mm. maybe usually um calm and composed so i think you know really really light with the steering wheel input you know creating less crop as possible uh -huh. that's my driving style since i was in karting now that you mentioned i should have mentioned that guy's name nick heidfeld or like jensen button they're they're not they're known for being very chill in the tires and everything but going yeah. back with your karting beginnings you know because where did oh sorry where did you study by the way when you were in the Philippines before jumping ship? Oh, I actually studied in a uh, Savior School in uh, San Juan City. Ah, Savior. Okay, because you see that yeah. there's basketball courts and there's the yeah. football field. Yeah. Um, but how did you settle into karting? Because oh, you see, oh, the court is right there, the field is right there. There's the yeah. gravitational pull, and if you gotta go karting, it's normally in the countryside. So. Yeah, you, how yeah. did you let's 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 say distractions or how did you get these other sports out and say hey nope it's got to be karting i mean i did i played a lot of basketball and football when i was younger before i started karting once i started karting i kind of didn't really lose interest but i think karting caught my eye more than the other sports really so i kind of had to give up uh the other sports and like basketball and football to uh pursue more sports so was it a thing like maybe you were karting maybe every other week and juggling your other sports? How 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 did it work? I mean, at first it was it was sort of like that. You know, I, I would get in a cart maybe twice a month, okay. uh, juggle it with other sports, and then it got more intense as the year come uh, years come. And yeah, I eventually had to give up uh, playing other sports and just focus on the karting. Oh, you don't got um no you don't have to be shy or anything. Were, were you getting busy or were you starting to win? <laughs> I'm like, hey, I can get a career here. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really sure. Uh, quite a long time ago, I think I think I won a couple of races then. Uh, but yeah, I think I don't know. I, I don't know if it's because I was winning or if because I was too busy practicing. Pro probably both, you know. <laughs> How often would you practice, Eduardo, uh, for karting? 
Well, it depends. I mean, um, when I moved to the UK around 20, 2017, uh, that's when I started taking karting to the next level. You know, I was I was basically out in the kart two or three days a week. You know, every every weekend, Friday to Sunday, I always have a race or uh, just a test uh, test days, and yeah, it's out every time. I'm Definitely. looking at your photos and how can you describe how it feels like being in the in the wheel of a go-kart? You know, okay, the reason why I asked because you know I only went go-karting like once or twice and it actually no scared way. me. No, but I, I could do it again, but yeah, okay, I was okay. in Australia and it was pretty scary. But for someone like do you need like a, a like an adrenaline rush prior to getting to sitting down on the wheel, uh, sitting on the seat in the cart? Um, not really. I mean, your nerves kind of take over before you go out, prepare for what you're going to do. And everything just comes really quite naturally, you know. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, uh, when I'm in the car, you know, I, I turn it to like Dr. Jekyll, Mrs. Mr. Hyde, you know. <laughs> Is that, does that happen to you when you, when you get into go-karting, um, do you? Is your attitude different when you when you sit down on the wheel? Yeah, definitely. I mean, before you go out, before like before like the finals in a race or something, you you have this switch where you just um just change your attitude, you know, you you're more focused. Um, you know, just getting in the zone, things like that really. Yeah. Getting in the zone. I'm. 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 I want to ask what. What. Uh, what your uh, ritual or pre-race. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pre-race rituals. Um, I usually. Uh, I don't know. I, I. I get my earphones on. You know, play. Uh, EDM. I actually listen to EDM before I go out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get me. Get, get. Gets me. Gets me pumped up. You know. Um. Yeah. Then I. I do a bunch of us uh, skipping ropes, um, stretch, you know, basic stretching, you know, um, yeah, that's it really, you know, sit down with my mechanic, uh, have a chat, just calm myself down before the race and yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, Claro? Speaking of this approach with karting and all the things you're doing and then you're transitioning to a formula car or a single seater, did you have to change it up or can you still do the skipping ropes and everything before hopping into your F4 car? Because we see some F1 drivers doing all sorts of things, juggling and skipping rope. Yeah. Did you change up? Yeah, change it up from car yeah, to really, single seater. Didn't, I didn't really change anything. I more just added stuff, you know. I do some neck warm-ups, so someone would push against the side of my head or the back. I will just press against them, you know, just, just for a warm, uh, neck training, just for warm-up uh more skipping rope again juggling reaction tests with tennis balls you know uh, my engineer would hold the balls um yeah. like this and he would drop one without telling me and i sort of have to catch it train my um, reaction time to make sure i'm sharp before i get in the car yeah before we get you claudia maybe for some f1 fans guys you see watch before the race and that's what guys like pierre gasly do they hold the tennis balls and they have to catch them and yeah. everything and then you yeah. got something, Claudia? Yeah, I, you know, because you said the Pierre Gasly said that uh, does that because there was a video of a, a, an F one 
driver doing that. Uh, for the listeners out there, Eduardo, could you help us understand why do you have to do that? What's the reason for that kind of exercise? Uh, that exercise is more on, it's a mixture of hand-eye coordination and reaction times. You know, when you, you don't really have the time to uh, practice your reaction times while you're driving, it's better to be sharp as possible, then get in the car and be ready, you know? Right. Prior to that, were, were you also having uh, that kind of exercises back home here? Or did you start it when you were already in the UK? Um, I, only, I only started doing that when I got to Formula 4. Oh, I didn't really um, did do any of those reaction tests when I was in karting. And how was, how was your progression from the start of trying to catch the tennis balls to... Um, I think it was, it, it was okay, you know. It, it, I think my reaction time and hand-eye coordination is pretty good because, you know, if you... I've been racing for so long, it should be should be pretty good, you know. <laughs> I'll be, it'd be scary if I didn't have good reaction times. So if you, if, you, if you started and, uh, and stuck with basketball or football, do you think your reaction time will be just as the same as... No, no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> No, yeah. <laughs> it would be different. No, different set of skills, eh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Carl. There's such a big responsibility in racing because you're driving a faster car every time. So you have the you have your reaction skills also, I guess, to protect you and everything, and to be competitive. But we want to go with your journey. Maybe did you have to pick up any wins in the Philippines to say, oh, hey, I can make it? To the big stage in Europe, we have a picture over here. I think you're in the podium in Macau. How was yeah. it? Did you have to rule like the local competition at first before making your way to say, "Oh, hey, some UK teams can actually consider me and make that big jump"? Because I know that you can continued your karting in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've when I started competing nationally, I always wanted to compete in around Asia, but my dad wasn't really keen on me competing around Asia until I started winning. So he kind of he kind of took it as uh, when I won in, in the nationals, I'll go to Asia. And if I win Asia, I'll go to Europe and so on and so forth. You know, I kind of had to um, be a cheesy word, like conquer every every um, country, every region I go through first and get go higher and higher every time. Was it ever in your head like, oh, I got to win this because if I don't win here, they're not gonna let me progress to the Asians, and if and then when you were in the Asians, were you like, oh, I gotta win this because this is the next step to Europe? Was that ever in the back of your head, maybe, that oh, my uh, career depends on this? Because I know that it's so results oriented. You gotta finish in the top. Yeah, I mean, not really. No, I just try to win every race I've entered. You know, I don't. I didn't really think about what was next. I just thought about what was ahead of me, like um, the race. That weekend so one step at a time and that seemed to get you really far i'm really curious yeah. though did you recall maybe your first title maybe when you was it the first was it the first tournament you joined maybe and said hey we i think we we're here to compete we can really finish in the top and not just come up with numbers um that, i don't think that was my attitude because i was quite young then you know I don't think a nine-year-old would be like, hey, this is something we would do when we uh, get older. You know, I think, not really sure. I think maybe 
my first podium in Asia, you know, I think that's that's when I was, well, I don't know how old I was then, but yeah, probably my first podium in Asia outside the Philippines, probably when I thought that we could do really well in this championship, you know. Of course, you step up from Philippine Philippine level to the Asian level. How was it maybe, how was the level of competition much higher for you? Yeah, it was, um, I was overwhelmed with how, how good they were, you know, from from 10, 15 people on the grid to like 30 drivers on the grid, a lot tougher, you know, a lot more, um, they, they all wanted more, you know, it's tough, you know, my first year I wasn't really, I wasn't even in the top 10, you know, I was struggling to get into the top 10 and I've progressed to the next year and yeah. What was it maybe because that allowed you to progress the next year other than the learning experience? Did you see like, oh, I saw this driver doing this to me, so maybe I can improve in my braking, maybe or my yeah, my yeah. It's it's just that basically. I mean, you you can't really learn how to beat other drivers rather than learning from them. You know, you kind of have to learn what they do, and then add a bit to what what you think is right in order to beat them. So yeah, I think a year of racing with them, racing around them, helped me learn learn quite a lot and develop me as a driver. And the next year, I was ready for the uh, championship. You know. Okay, so I forgot to ask this earlier, but Go ahead. I heard that there were rivalries. I made one. Th- wow, I think I visited Carmona once and got to borrow a cart. And they said that there was a rivalry of Marlon Stockinger and that's Gudicelli. Did you have any yeah. rival? Yeah, I heard of the rivalry. Yeah. yeah Did you have I'm, your I'm... rivalry like that? Like the guy ended up becoming your close friend or something like that before we get to you, Claudia? Um. When I was in cadets, I was like maybe 11 years old. I, there was this uh, Australian guy who uh, lived in the Philippines. He was really good. Yeah, he was he was probably my first rival. It always always me and me or him winning the races. You know, he he was a year older than me with a, a year more experience, and that's quite a lot if you just start. You know, but yeah, he was he was my rival. Then uh, his name was Flynn Jakes. I don't know if you guys know him, but yeah. That's a cool name. Perfect, Claudia, to segue because you are Australian after all, right? Yes, yeah. So I, <laughs> I lived in Australia for 10 years and, uh, you know, there, there's several uh, Australian drivers and all that. What, like, I, I want to actually go back to your dad because that he was he was the one I watched. Was he strict when you started um, go-karting? Yeah, in he terms was of, really like, strict. Breaking, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that. I think... In terms of the the driving, I think he kind of let me do. He kind of let me do did my thing, my thing, you know, like, cause the style back then compared to now is different, you know. Um, karting's involved with a lot of technology, and um, you know, technology always develops every every time, and the driving style will change due to that. And yeah, so he kind of left it to the mechanics, the coaches, to tell me how to drive. He's more strict on like. Um, you know, as a kid, you'd always want to play with your friends, you know. And there's many kids at the track to play with. Yeah. And yeah, he kind of he kind of always got mad when he when he caught me playing like uh, football with other kids at the back of the track. He always tell me to sit oh. down and just drink water and do nothing, you know. Oh. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't even let you touch a football. He might no, like literally, just just the fact that I was in the sun walking or running, he would you'd get mad and tell me to come to the uh, the the pit. And then I sit down. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked. It worked, I guess, because you were probably speaking to all the mechanics and and watching uh, what was yeah, happening. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as a kid, you don't really understand why you have to rest. You know, what what's the benefits from staying rather than playing with your friends? But you know, it's it's what a kid does. You know, well, at a young age, you should always love to play. Did you ever sit in the drive, uh, the passenger seat when your dad was driving? How 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 was he driving on the road, and how was he when he was on the racetrack? Um, actually, in the road, he's never he's never actually um gone past the speed limit. Every time I was there, <laughs> at least, yeah, he's never he's never really broken any rules. He's quite calm when he drives. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if I been in the passenger seat when he was racing. I think I think I have not really not really sure. I was too young to remember, you know. Probably some oh, pictures wow. would remind me if I did or not. That's right. So yeah. you're you're in the UK now. Uh, yeah. Tell us more what what you're actually doing there aside from your driving. Um, yeah. yeah, I go. I, I'm in a boarding school right now with uh, in uh, Cambridge. Um, I I have, I have to finish this year and do one more year. Um, I graduate to uni. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's not, not a lot of things I to do here because I the reason why I moved to the UK is purely just because of racing, not anything else. So yeah. Well, at least one more year. You have you you have your university set up. On which university you want to go to? Uh, not yet. No, I, I think. I mean, I was looking at Oxford and and uh, university in London. But I think for now, I think maybe I have to pause uni, you know, university. I have to, I'll probably pursue racing first, see where that goes. And then my backup plan is go, go to university. Then that's where I give it back to Clara because I think that was what we were going to, I was going to, I was thinking, I think he's going to take a break and probably study. <laughs> I'll take a break from studying and probably like really focus on on on, uh, on your racing career, no? So Clara? No, because if you ask me, that's how they do it in Europe and everything. Even in the sports, yeah. well, the ball sports, football, basketball, they have that opportunity to pursue things and go pro. I think that's something that would be nice to see the Philippines adapt, of course. But going on with your team, with Argenti and everything. So there's so many F4 platforms because countries have their own versions of it. I think Southeast Asia, they have one too. Yeah. How did you get straight? to British F4 because that's like a very high level again, as we mentioned, because you have F1 teams who are your neighbors over there in the different factories and you yeah. name it. Yeah, I mean, I think I then chose the UK because I already, it's only uh, reasonable to join, to go join British F4 in the UK because I already live in England, you know, it'd be, it'd be weird if I lived in England and did Italian F4 or French F4, you know, but yeah, I think even the championship is quite good. You know, the, the graduates from British F4, I think Lando Norris came from British F4. Yeah, I'm yes, not sure yes. if George Russell. Yeah, it's a lot of, lot of F1 stars that came from British F4. So yeah, that's why I chose it. That's exactly where we want to go because you search up British F4 and there's some good company there. You see, I think Lando Norris was one of the first guys to pick up the title. And like yeah. latter eras, and then you're in this platform. How does it feel? Maybe do you have to pinch yourself and say, "Hey, I'm in, I'm somewhere that can actually propel yeah. me up," or are you just like, you're just going with the flow with things? How were you taking I, it? 
exactly that you know uh as soon as i did my first like before actually driving to the the racetrack before my first test i was already buzzing you know i was like am i am i dreaming you know it's, it's, a, it's a dream come true really it was yeah it's quite exciting and even my first my first ever lap in an f4 house I, I remember under my helmet i was just so excited you know you know it's a, it's a formula car you know graduating from karting you know it's just what every driver wants to do you know, and normally, of course, well, not normally, because the driver's emotions, of course, are hidden in a helmet. So that's some yeah. side of racing that we don't get to see. But what, now we know if we get to, if we get footage of your first laps in your F4 car, we know that you were smiling. No donuts or yeah. anything. Say, hey, I got this. I got this. No <laughs> donuts yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was definitely smiling under my helmet my first few laps. Yeah. I just buzzing the whole time you know oh and also go. um this is from a family friend of mine it might be a familiar name also in the karting scene in the philippines raymond kodala so oh yeah up, i know him yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, raymond um... I'll, I'll say this now you taught me everything i know in karting so raymond has a question okay. i sent this in um uh, well first he said congrats on the move and he's happy to see you progress so his Thank question you. is yeah. What is the difference of a go kart and the formula car, and how was your transition? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a so huge. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, it's it's taken me quite a few days on the car to adapt. So much to consider, you know, from karting. Uh, the speed, you know, from going karting was like I think maybe eighty or ninety kilometers an hour to two hundred and thirty kilometers an hour top speed of a F four car, and you know. Going carrying that much speed with more grip, more g-force. Uh, the seating position is different. The steering wheel angle is different. Um, more downforce, you know, all the, all that in consideration is just a lot, so, so much different. It's took me quite a while to um, get the hang of things, but I think at the end, I've um, got used to everything. Speaking of downforce, uh, getting a little bit technical. So you're in the F4, and there's more there's more downforce. Did you ever go, hey, this corner seems so much easier than I initially thought? Because maybe you still may be thinking in the sense of a go-kart where you might have to lift off or something like that. Did any corners get easier in that sense? Um, not really. It's more on when there's heavy wind, you know. If there's a lot of headwind, you could, you could um, go so much faster in the corner because it's basically pushing the car downwards and giving you more grip, basically. Yeah, those are one of the one of the thoughts. Um, before we get to our first pit stop or our commercial, um, one thing is how was it balancing the throttle? Maybe because that's a lot of horsepower there. I think if you if you don't get things right in let's say Filipino terms, making it timpla, you might get some wheel oh, spin okay. in the back. <laughs> how was that maybe in finding that right groove in the throttle? I actually I think my first test. I thought there's so much power than the car actually had, but it actually it's actually such an underpowered car. You know, it's mm -hmm. not it's not a lot of, of of power in the car. You could actually just slam your foot on the the gas pedal coming off the corner. Full send. Yeah, Claro's a <laughs> carter. You're a carter, di ba, Claro? Well, medyo nakakaya naman my credibility now, Claudia. <laughs> I did. 
I signed up for the Saudi World Series qualifiers. So I did a ra- I did a race. Oh, yeah. Well, we did we did two races in one day, one quali. Um, I finished in the top half. Okay, I'm happy to say <laughs> I didn't lose any places in the race. Uh, and then the pandemic came in. Unfortunately, I was looking forward to it, of course, because maybe for our listeners. Yeah. You have the you have the people pursuing a career with guys like Eduardo and everything, but the recreational people you can just literally arrive and drive and then you get to race with people. So that's something I was just doing on the side on on Sundays. So anyway, Claudia, let's get on with our quick break. We have our pit stop here. So episode forty six of Who the Heck Are We? And check us out. We are on the YouTube page of Globally Ballin. Subscribe and hit that bell button, and we carry on again. Check out our sister shows. We have the Globally Balling Podcast and learn about the sporting opportunities around the world with Aaron Aronson. We also have five minutes with for your analysis, as you get to hear it first from athletes themselves, real quick. And we have hang time for your volleyball talk with Denise Dinsai, of course. We had some great guests. Um, we have Ayel Estraniero as one of the recent ones. And last but not the least, we have an eternity of basketball where you again join Charlie, Noel, and Sid to learn about the golden era of Philippine hoops. And again, thank you very much to our sponsors, Chops to Go. Get your tender, yummy chicken chicken chops with crispy chips. Check out their branches in SM Bikutan, SM South Mall, and SM North Edsa. Last but not the least, Hineluban, get your delicious and healthy adlai from them. Anyway, let's carry on back. That was too long for a pit stop. We lose a race. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a, I have a question. Uh, go I wanna, ahead, go I wanna, ahead. I want to go back to uh, the difference between uh, the F4 and, and go-karting. In go-karting, do you have pit stops? Uh, no, 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 not at all. No, we don't. there's no pit stop. And, and now F4, you, you do have you No, have there's pit no pit stop as well. None no, as no. well. Okay, now... See, this is where I have to learn about the difference between the F1, F2, F3, and, and then F4. So, uh, but with your F4, Claro will be able to help me with that one. Um, but with go karting, do you also have a team with you, like your mechanics? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, how important are they? Do can you bring them to your F4 team? Um, no, I don't. Not really. I mean. Th- they kind of specialize, the team in karting kind of specialize in their, their area, you know, they specialize in karting and the F4 team specialize in F4, you know, so that you can really bring them up. What are the, what are the main differences uh, in terms of the mechanics or then the background of um, I mean, in F4? It's more on, it's more on um, the differences in staff roles, you know, in karting you had the data man, driver coach, team manager, you had the engine man, you had the mechanic. And then for in F4, you have you have mechanic as well, data coach as well, driver coach. You have your manager. And the, the only new thing is engineer. You have a you have a engineer set to your set to a driver. So they, they usually uh, do a motorsport engineering course in university and then get a few years of experience in Formula Four and yeah. Wow, so there's a big adjustment in terms of also managing your team or, or speaking to them, no? In terms of your, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. How was the transition there? Um, yeah, it's hard, you know, because you don't really, you're not really familiar with the car. 
you don't really know what the car wants yet because you're not not too familiar with it. So yeah, it's more on them telling you how how to adapt to the car, like how how to drive it basically, what the car wants, and you kind of you kind of get those tips and come up with your own conclusion, and then you give them your feedback and see what you feel, and he'll come up with something. Your engineer will come up with um, conclusion if it's whether if it's uh, car setup related or whether it's just my driving related, you know. Wait, before I head to you, Clara, because that's that's a good thing that you said. So there's also a difference between the way the car is all about well, the in and out yeah. of the car and the driver itself, right? Yeah. Can there be a, a mix match? Like the, the driver is not good for the, the car or the car is not good for the driver? I mean, I think all drivers, if all drivers had the same setup, I think they would be close to each other, you know? But sometimes some driver styles like maybe more front end or they like more understeer and that will help them be faster around the ultimate lap time. So sometimes you have to do tiny tweaks with the car to um, to to make it, you know, one with the, the driver and the driving style. One with the driver. I love that. <laughs> That's so good. That. That sounds so yeah. good. <laughs> All right, Clara? Okay. Speaking of you know, um, someone likes oversteer or understeer. What is your style, maybe? Um, I've always liked oversteer, even in karting. Uh, I've kind, I've kind of carried it on till um, cars and Formula Four. Yeah, oversteer. I usually prefer oversteer rather than understeer. Okay, uh, not a driver here. Could you please explain <laughs> uh, over? <laughs> no, I, it's good because I, I wanna for also listeners. Exactly. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Sorry. I mean, well, oversteer is when you have a lot of front end grip, so the the car will point wherever it wants, and the rear will kind of follow. So sometimes the rear will slide, cause a bit of scrub. And understeer is the opposite, basically. It's basically the the rear is quite planted, and the front uh, understeer, so it doesn't it's not quite quite sharp with the front, you know. Sorry, follow up question, Clara. Sorry, how does go that ahead, make a ahead. difference in terms of racing? Uh, um, I mean, it depends on what the driver wants, you know, if some drivers are quite aggressive with the wheel, so they might like a bit more understeer or some drivers like me are really gentle and light with the wheel. So I'd, I'd prefer oversteer. Okay. From my own, like in formula one, who's an understeer, who's a oversteer. So maybe uh, I... <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's it's quite hard to tell. Oh, Formula I think ones... I got this. I really? Think I got okay. This. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> don't judge. Okay. <laughs> who the heck are we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I know Vettel likes understeer, I think. Yeah. That's why he was doing so well, because he's the type who likes to get in the gas really early. Eduardo, you can step in once you say I'm something, say I'm something, see... I'm saying something <laughs> wrong, okay? So I know Vettel <laughs> likes to brake very early and accelerate early. And that oh, yeah. and that's a style where you like understeer, where let's just say the car turns a bit late. That's how I can put it in perspective of non-racing people. And then you have a guy like Michael Schumacher, um, like what I think Max Verstappen into, like what Eduardo likes, where I think oversteer, the car is sensitive. So you're going to point it right and it's going to go there immediately. So it's, yeah. I think it's a matter, in a nutshell, maybe for the non-racing listeners, thank you so much for joining us. So oversteer, the car is really sensitive, and understeer, maybe 
it's a little bit slower in reacting to put yeah. it that way yes okay I'm not a race car driver, it's our racing I, 101 right <laughs> but I love watching F1 but I don't know the in and outs of it I don't understand the details of it and all that so it's good that to have Eduardo here to to teach me <laughs> oh, teach us if you ask me oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we have some racing miscon misconceptions I remember a teacher saying this but I was hoping you could debunk this people oh, yeah. say racing is about who can step on the gas pedal the hardest? In my head, I'm like, bro, it's not like that. Come on. I'm like, man, could you please debunk this for us, Eduardo? I didn't want to get sent I, out of class. Eh? I mean, if you, there's a limit in what the, um, the throttle has because there's a cable. So once you pull the cable to its maximum, it'll stop. So no matter how hard you press, the cable will always go the same amount of distance, you know? So you wouldn't get any faster if you pressed the, uh, the gas pedal harder. It'd probably break and you'd probably go slower and just end up not finishing the race, you know? <laughs> I need to send this to my teacher. <laughs> yeah. You, you passed that, pass that one, that, that subject, no? Oh, well, yeah. I, gradu <laughs> I got to college, so I passed that class, of okay, course. Good. That was high school. Yeah. Okay. No, because after all, if I may add, if you're in a U-turn or a hairpin, in racing perspective, if you step on the pedal as hard as you can, you're not gonna make the turn, right? Yeah. For yeah. Sure. You yeah. make a make a U-turn in your in your average Toyota Vios or your Jeepney. Step on the gas as hard as you can. Yeah, you just go straight. Yeah. Exactly. Full. <laughs> You'll fly that's the off. wrong. That's the wrong yeah. definition of full send. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Before I get back to you, Claudia, this is another racing thing. Maybe just to enlighten our listeners, people wonder, why does everyone follow each other in one line around the racetrack? Because you see the freeway, right? You have five lanes. So five, all the cars will take up the lanes. But what is this one lane that they have, which I know is called the racing line? But perhaps you could yeah, tell yeah. us, why do you guys take that one path? Um, I mean, it's, it's all, all related with physics, you know? It's more on traveling the least amount of distance while carrying the most amount of speed at the same time. So you kind of have to go, if, if there's a right-hand corner, you kind of have to go to the leftmost side of the track and cut back to the rightmost side on the apex and go back to the left to carry the ultimate speed, you know? So you can say that is the discarte to make sure that you are always on the highest possible speed. Am I right? Yeah, it's all it's all the basics really. That's what you learn in uh the first your first day in a in a cart. The well, I think line, that yeah. that debunks it too for people who say racing is just cars following each other, one after the <laughs> other, like a choo choo oh. train. But we just wanna oh, well, enlighten wrong, people you know? of course. <laughs> Wait, there 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 is one one okay, I'm gonna put a, a, a movie, which is actually not really like F one or F two. It's I'm not sure, Eduardo. I, have you heard of Tal Taladega Nights? Oh, this movie! This movie. <laughs> no, no, actually, I don't, I don't think I'll, you haven't I'll watched it. No, no, no. Oh, it's it familiar, though. You might lose brain cells because of the slapstick, but me as a racing oh, fan, yeah. like I love it. <laughs> you should watch it because it's funny. It's like it. it okay, it, okay. Yeah, it it uh, takes a kick out of, of of racing. But there's a there's a there's a term there that uh, that. Uh, 
what's his Will Farrell says, which is the slingshot, right? Okay. So it's where yeah. the in where the I think it's slingshot. Is it yeah. slingshot? Yeah. 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 So Clip streaming, um, yes. Also, yeah, streaming. Call it. So could you please explain that? Like, do you do that a lot in racing? Since well, you said that there's a line, right? So can, yeah, can that help you? Yeah, I mean, with slipstream, it's it's basically because the driver in front is hitting all the all the air, and right. basically when you're behind him, the air spreads out, and you don't hit any air, so you don't you, you'll obviously travel in a faster speed than him. So you kind of have to follow follow his line, yeah. and then when you carry enough speed, you can pull out and hit your own air and carry that momentum all the way. You know, uh, a lot of drivers do that nowadays, huh? Mm, yeah, that's 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 what you learn also as part of the 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 basic concepts with um with racing especially with a high speed track you know when there's a lot of headwind coming po- pointing your direction there's a lot of uh, difference in um in slipstream i mean the first actually the first round in british f4 in thurston we were testing there i think a few weeks ago and there was like f- like half a second difference with slipstream and no slipstream because of the headwind it was so it, it was it was massive you know wow Really? Yeah. So, okay. Might so, more, you know? wow. So, the, so there's a head. So, with racing, there's a big difference with uh, the 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 weight of of the driver getting into the car, okay, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the the wind, and even the tires. Apparently, the yeah. how much air or psi there is in the in the in, in the tires. How does yeah. that work? Mm, there's more on more on the grip and how how much grip you have for the start and the end of the stint. You know, I mean, if you if you go out with too low of pressures, you'll be slow from the first the first half of the stint. Probably the last few laps, you'll be really fast. If you go out too high, you'll be really fast for the the first five laps, and you'll be really slow for the next. So it's up to the teams to um to adjust to the uh, abrasiveness abrasiveness of the uh, track. The temperature of the um, uh, the weather, how how cold it is, the temperature of the track as well, and yeah, they make sure they try to make your grip. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. That's why you have your. That's why the racing driver doesn't. Um, they don't calculate that stuff. You have an engineer do it for you. It's crazy. Ah, yeah. Yeah. But All right. maybe before we wrap up our racing 101, got two things. What is the proper way to warm up tires? Because when I'm driving a cart, I just go left and right, left and right, and I step on the gas for some spin, and I don't even know if it helps or if I'm doing it right. But what is the proper way maybe to warm up tires? Yes. Well, are you asking for a, a go-kart or a car? Because it's completely different if to warm up both. Um. Do you mind giving us both, maybe, given that okay. you're F4, of course, and karting, yeah. maybe? Because we know that maybe some people who want to get into racing can simply just go to our neighborhood race trap and try out a go-kart, yeah. I mean, for karting, um, if you live in a in a tropical country like the Philippines, warm-up's not really necessary because it's quite hot and the grips are already there in the first lap. But the people in the UK, you know, you race, like, when it's negative two degrees, zero degrees, it's when the track's really cold and there's there's no grip at all. I mean, it's just it's all about creating as much scrub as possible and carrying more speed. You know, you going left and right without 
um, sliding isn't really going to do anything. It's more on, you know, you, you have to exaggerate the steering wheel into the corner, go full lock this way or full lock the other way and creating a lot of scrub because, you know, friction. When, when, when tires rub with the asphalt, creates friction and creates heat and, uh, yeah, warms up your tires. Don't judge me. I wasn't warming up my tires properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you doing? Doing this? Oh, um, I think I just haven't figured out the throttle part maybe and the lock. Yeah, I mean, but, I don't think you yeah. can do you can you can you can turn the wheel all the way in the Philippines when you go karting because it's quite hot. So if you do that, you just spin. You know, I don't I don't think it's necessary to warm up your tires when you live in a hot country. I feel better about the hot country part though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe for those. Who, need a bit of a racing 101 so how it works is is bouncing off eduardo you get your tire heat into your tires from all the friction and then that gives you grip so grip of course you get to bring pretty, pretty much go as fast as you can make sure yeah. you carry us your high as the highest speeds possible from one corner to another hence faster lap time like what they say if you ain't first you're last <laughs> Oh no, yeah. that's the movie it's, we want you to watch. Sorry, I spoiled the movie. You should really watch it. It's yeah, okay. It's it's, yeah. a, it's funny. It's really funny. Okay. Like, yeah. What's the movie called again? Talladega Nights. Nights. We'll send okay, you the yeah. name. No worries. Yeah. Okay, and then okay, I watch it. Yeah. One day, if you you have an open invite to come back on the podcast, and we can just okay. talk Talladega Nights for one episode, and you can tell us, no, this isn't legit. No, this is this is real. Okay, okay, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we'll be happy. I don't want to say the other things, because I'll wreck the movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. I'll, it will I'll get go, you laughing. I'll watch it. Yeah. yeah, in your free time, of course. But all right, so for you, maybe you, you guys, of course, in qualifying, the fastest person will start in the front of the race. And yeah. do you say that the fastest person in qualifying made the perfect lap? Do you say that? Mm. They, not really the perfect lap. It's base. It's a mixture of the perfect lap and create like, how do you put this in words? Um, making the best of the situation, you know, because some drivers it it involves with track position. You know, if you don't position your well, position your um car well enough, you'll end up catching the guy in front and he'll be blocking. Uh, blocking you and you wouldn't go as fast. So it's a mixture of, you know, the timing and, uh, and the perfect lap time to get on pole for the race one. So it's about positioning your car well and finding the throttle yeah. and everything. And yeah. there's traffic also involved, right? Yeah, Not yeah that's traffic, why you have to have... You know? Yeah. But what will happen maybe if there's traffic? Will someone go, oh, yo, I'm going to I'm gonna slow you down here because I don't want you to go faster than me. That's basically how it works, right? But I know that you can get penalized for doing that on purpose. Well, yeah. I mean, usually people don't do it on purpose because they're focused on getting the ultimate lap time. But sometimes it happens, you know, if you go come across a slower driver or a slower car, you'll get traffic. You'll be in the way without, without doing it on purpose. And yeah, that will just mess up your qualifying. So you need to have a really good track position and give a really good gap to um, the drivers in front. Wow. Okay, great answer. But yep. anyway, maybe we want to go maybe more on your career side now. Yeah. We know that you want to go P1 or first overall in the championship. But as a rookie, 
what are your personal expectations? Like, I want to finish here. I want to finish as the top rookie, maybe. Because I know that the rookies, you guys have, like, your own um, tournament or championship amongst yourselves. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you always want to win it, you know. I mean, you don't, you're not just there just to take part. You're always there. You're always there to be the best. If you don't, if you don't go in with that mentality, you know why are you still a racing driver? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. What, what? What the heck for? Right? I mean, like if you, yeah. if you don't have that mentality, yeah. I hear some Ayrton Sen in there. If you don't go for a gap, <laughs> I think you're not a racing driver anymore. <laughs> I think Sen is the goat, by the way, guys. Just let us yeah, know. Really? Yeah. He's right there, I think Sen is the goat. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, he's in the back. That's why. Yeah, oh, nice one, Claudia. Yeah, I think he's the goat. As much as I'm a Shumi fan, I think he's the goat. But I don't want to put you in the hot seat and talk about it. We can save it for another round of this, maybe. But perhaps, yeah. what's your plan mapped out, maybe beyond F4? We know we just started, but perhaps you can share, um, share, us, share with us your long term plan for racing. I mean, it depends on results, uh, obviously. I mean, if I do well this year, if I win it, I come top three. There, there wouldn't be any reason why you would stay in F4. Then the next step would be Formula Three or Formula Regional, probably the next step. But if I if I don't do so well, hopefully not. I um I'll do another year in F4. I mean, most drivers usually take two years to win in F4. I think there's only like two drivers that won it on their first year. One of them was Lando Norris, and I forgot the other guy. But yeah, usually it would take two years for you to win in F4. We'll, we'll see. We'll, yeah. Mostly. Um, you mentioned F3, speaking of that. Um, we know that there's the prestigious Macau GP, and yeah, top drivers in the world get invited to that. Um, is there a certain criteria, maybe? Like, you have to win F3... Um, top three in the F3 maybe or how does it work I know because at times F3 is like the support race or they race before F1 so is there yeah. a certain criteria to getting invited to Formula to the Macau um, GP I'm actually not sure I mean I haven't I haven't really got to the point where I'm racing in the Macau GP so I don't really know what's the how to qualify for it how to get in the competition but yeah I'd love to race at that track it's quite quite a cool track you know yeah, I'm not really sure how you get in it. But we'd love to see you in Macau because um, yeah. it's just a few hours away by flight, right? Yeah, yeah it's the closest, the, probably the closest track I'll do. Yeah, exactly. And maybe for the benefit of our fans who aren't really into racing, what we can do is, I don't know if you guys watch PBA, but how the... Yeah, I watch, I watch PBA. Yeah, do you see you the fans PBA? in the... Okay. You watch PBA. You, you see the fans in the yeah. baseline, Claudia, for PBA. Yeah. They have their okay. homemade banners. Yeah. And then they trash talk the opponents. <laughs> that's what we that's what the Pinoys can do. We'll do that in we'll yeah. do that in the we'll do that in the first heavy breaking zone in Macau. It's not turn yeah. one. I forgot the name. I forgot the name of turn one. It's a 90 degree right hander. So 90 degree? Isn't that too isn't that I think too, it's a 90 degree? Isn't that too like uh, sharp? No. Too sharp? Well, it depends um, on how much how much space you have before the corner. But it's Macau, you know, everything's quite sharp and tight. Oh wow. Yeah, and it's a straight I know in a straight circuit. It's such a long straight and then it's a it's a heavy braking zone, so hence it's an overtaking opportunity. But no, who knows? Like we you know that you'll have support if ever. 
you find yeah. your way to the World yeah. Cup in Macau. You got anything, Claudia? Yeah, actually, you watch the PBA, huh? Who's who do you yeah. support? That is good. Uh, it's quite, <laughs> I can only choose, you know. I've 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 always liked three teams, you know, Hinebra, San, uh I think like the, uh, the, the names always change, you know, from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Hanebra, San Miguel, and Pure Foods. I think nice. Teams right now. They're still oh, yeah. there. Pure Foods. Pure Foods now is Magnolia. Oh, okay, yeah, Magnolia Hotshot, yeah. Yeah. So Hinebra and, and San Miguel, they're still the same. So, but yeah. I think Hinebra now is Hinebra. Oh, one something like one Hinebra Nation. One Hinebra Nation. So they're yeah. called one Hinebra, oh, okay, but yeah. they're still Hinebra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, Clara and, and Eduardo, you guys were talking about uh, the down, the downshift, and then the breaking. You know, Eduardo, I, I watched uh, Formula One twice uh, in uh, Albert Park, Melbourne, and the noise of Formula One. Oh yeah. my gosh. Unreal after the, the I think after the race, I think I was drained. I was tired. Yeah. Like so, does it happen? So does it happen as a driver? Um is it the same as the noise level in Formula? Uh, Formula? no, it's 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 not, it's not. It's not the same as an F4. It's a lot quieter in F4. But I remember my first ever test, uh, I didn't have any earplugs with me. So I did my first day in a car without any earplugs. So at the end of the day, I just couldn't hear anything. You know, it was just, I was just deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oops. Yeah. Well, I was deaf. Oh my God. But uh, like you're inside the car, right? Yeah. How does it feel? Is Are you, because in go-kart, I may be wrong. You feel like there's a lot of space, right? Yeah. In F4, is it the same? Or are you in a No, tiny... you're, you're like in a, in a small tube, a, a small box. You know, it's, Do you it's, feel like it's pretty tight, claustrophobic? Mm. Yeah. Not really, no. Wow. Uh, I mean, <laughs> your special awareness is different from karting, but you just get used to it, you know. Yeah, because you, in go kart you see everything, huh? Like in the side. Yeah, yeah, it's different. In in, in a in a F four, you have to use your side mirrors. That's one thing as well to consider. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cause... Cards don't have side mirrors. Yeah, you can just you look, look back, back and right? you can see. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, can I add? Are you supposed to look back? Yes or no? Because there was a guy who overtook me and we were having a good chat about our battle. He said, Oh, you're not supposed to look back because when you were looking back, I was hiding behind you. And when you looked forward, I snuck up on you and I got you. Are you supposed to look back or how does it go? Mm, basically, you, you try to refrain from looking back as much as possible in karting because when you look back, you don't really know it, but you get thrown off. Your focus isn't really quite there because you're worrying from the guy behind you rather than the guy in front of you, you know? But but when it comes to the last few laps and you're defending, you have to look back because you need to know where he is. So you need to cover that, that the, the the position where where they are. But you try to refrain from it because it will slow you down even without you noticing it. I guess that answers it. I'll tell you if I get to hold back the guy next time. <laughs> <laughs> Claudia, you got something? Yeah, yeah before we, we go, uh, I think we're almost in the one hour. Yes. Could, could you tell us a, a short description of the differences between F4, F3, F2, and F1? I mean, every step basically has more aerodynamics and more power, basically. You know, it's just basically. 
it's like just leveling up every time. Just more of everything, you know, more grip, wider because you have wider tires, more you get more power, so you go faster, more more downforce because of the aero. So yeah, every time you go up to F3, F2, and F1, you just you know just more of everything. When does the pit stop come in? Mm, I'm not sure if they do F3, but I think they do F2 and F1. Aren't you excited? Not so sure about F3. Well, not really, because if you do pit stops, it's probably because the race is long. You know, I think short races are better because it's more intense, you know? Oh, why is that? Because if, if the race is long, it's more on tire management, who, who has the best strategy, things like that. But if it's if it's shorter, it's more on who can just, who's just the faster driver and the better driver in racecraft, you know? Simply okay. a sprint. Oh, oh, it's a running yeah, race from here to the race. end. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Sprint race. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so it's okay. a, a sprint or a marathon, right? Yeah, In basically. Yeah. 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 Because like a marathon, you, right, you run and you, people will give you water. So that's your piss stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same concept. You know, marathon, you kind of, whoever lasts the longest can conserve the energy the best. Sprint race, whoever has the most acceleration, the most power. Uh, hold on, I think. Don't, awesome. don't worry about it. Okay. I got it. <laughs> this is so cool. I'm learning uh, so much. I feel smarter. <laughs> I'll add something quick fire. Na tayo. Yeah. So yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. The, cleaner, the cleaner is coming. So. Don't worry cleaner, about it. Okay, well, we're, we're ending anyway. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I got it with the cut. Yeah. Anyway, um, did you get to watch any F1 races live, by the way? I've, I've, just... I've never watched an F1 race ever in never. my life. No, but I guess with F4, there may be a chance to just be... Well, you are close to F one F one teams right now. Yeah, right? maybe maybe when the when they're at Silverstone, maybe I can watch. But the reason why I don't watch is because I'm always busy. You know, I'm always racing or right. in the gym or doing simulator work. You know, things like that. And how is it? I think maybe you guys have any next door neighbors being in the UK because F one teams are based there. Like I think you said, racing yeah, point is a neighbor yeah. of yours. Yeah, should I say the the story when yeah. I was um? Go ahead. So basically, uh, there's an F two team called High Tech. And I was there to do some fitness assessment. And I've ended up in the wrong place, basically. And I've ended up inside um, the Aston Martin factory, you know, oh, racing point. Yeah. And then uh, I looked to my left and there's a stroll on the phone. I, I think I think, I think, think it was him. It looked exactly oh. like him. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, that can't be Vettel. Vettel's calbo. He shaved his head. Yeah, yeah you can't, can't be Vettel. He had loads of hair, so okay. it must be, must be stroll. <laughs> It's gotta be Lance Stroll. So yeah. okay. Anyway, um, let's carry on with the quick fire round. You can just answer straight up. No need to explain. Some guys give unpopular answers and the feel to explain, okay. but it's just quick. Other than your dad, who is your racing idol? Mm, Leclerc. Oh, Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. Oh, okay. Ferrari man. Okay. You get to pick one F1 car and you get to take it around an F1 circuit. What are those? The car and the circuit. The, you can choose old F1 circuits too. Just one car? One F1 car maybe. It's maybe and one and, and Red and any Bull. Yeah, mm, I think... Or the 1000 Ferrari. You name them. This year's Red Bull car and track. Uh... Quite hard. There's a lot of good tracks, you know. <laughs> uh, Mexico, maybe 
Mexico, Mexico. Mexico. That's oh. a that's a fun track in the video game too. If you ask me, yeah, it is, that's yeah. all my experience. That's all my experience. Yeah, same. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's a fast track. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. It's, yeah. Okay. Um, the thing you miss the most in the Philippines, other than your family, food, food. Ooh. Any specific <laughs> dishes or anything? Uh, I like my favorite kare kare, and um, surprisingly ampalaya. I don't know. I just like. Like what? Yeah. What? Hey, everyone, okay. everyone has the exact same reaction, you know. You like ampalaya? Yeah, it's wow. the best. It's so good. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay. My last two before Claudia. Um, your favorite restaurant? It can be in the Philippines. It can be over there in the UK. <sighs> so hard. Um, I don't know if you heard about it. It's, it's called Kaya. It's a Korean restaurant in the Philippines. Korean restaurant. Yes. 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 Yeah, in Rockwell. Yeah. Oh, I used to go there every time because of uh, I used to play in the arcade quite a lot when I was a kid, and I would just eat there every time. In time zone? On the... Yeah, Power... in, Rock- in Rockwell. I think in it's Rockwell, Power yeah. Station in Rockwell. We have a similar childhood in that sense. Power yeah. Station. Okay, favorite restaurant. And then let's say you get to bring three racing teammates to, let's say there's Eat All You Can, Kaya. You can choose any race, any of your teammates from Philippines all the way up to your time now in the UK. What teammates to join me in Kaya? Yeah, three teammates. So that's three plus you. I don't know. I think... I don't know. It's quite hard to choose, you know? I think just myself. I'll just eat by myself. <laughs> <laughs> all the food is his. Okay, yeah. That's the best. None of them can have it. Yeah, it's all, it's all mine. <laughs> all his. That's right. <laughs> okay. That's the most unique right. answer we've had. Go ahead, Claudia, with yeah, your I quick love fire it. I love it. before we <laughs> right. end. I only, I, ha- I think I only have like two or two. Okay, first one, you, you're in the f- Formula One. Who would you like to uh, race against? Michael Schumacher. Yeah, Michael Schumacher. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, wait, Michael Schumacher or Lewis Hamilton? Hamilton. Oh. Yeah. Why? Okay, this is different. Why? <laughs> well, um, it's hard, you know. I think the the things that separates them is in terms of you know driving, because the car is different. You know, I can't you can't really tell who's better than who. But mm. I think yeah, it's just just Hamilton's there recently has more achievements than him so far. Right. I think so. Maybe you know, it's right. beating him would be good. Actually, um, <laughs> funny story. Um, go, ahead, I, go ahead. My school right now. Um, I think Lewis Hamilton went to this school. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, I didn't join because of this. I didn't join the school because of Hamilton joined. Uh huh. I just, I just, they just told me like a month after, I enrolled uh-huh. to the school. I was like, oh, cool. Nice, nice. Well, there. Hopefully, you, you know, follow his path to. to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Okay. My second one. Today, if you were to race for a go kart, go kart against your dad, who'll win? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, but you. The, the, the last time, the last time I um uh, I raced against my dad, he beat me by zero point zero zero one in a no qualifying. Way. Yeah, you were you this were close a long time ago. The finish. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, no, no it, was, it was qualifying only. They didn't allow oh, like racing. I get it. Time yeah. time trial. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Zero, zero, right, hold zero, on. Zero. Hold on hold All right. On. No problem. No problem. <laughs> okay. We're almost ending. Zero zero one hurts. Uh. No, man, it's, that hurts. It's yeah. like a photo finish, no? 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or if it's same time, Claudia, whoever set it faster. Yeah. yeah. It's like the uh, Ferrari versus Ford. Remember? Yeah. 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 Very much. Okay. Right? I have like five more minutes left. Okay. okay. Yeah. We'll finish up. So Claudia? we're done. Yeah. That's my. That's my. Um. Oh, okay. That's my question. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so um, to wrap things up, Eduardo, perhaps you have a message to your sponsors, your family, all the people who've been. Supporting you until this point, and we know you're about to kick off or to start. So maybe, yeah. maybe you want to invite Pinoy to support you. Where can we watch your races? If ever, we'll share a link. Um. Yeah. So basically. Uh. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for watching. It's been a bit of pleasure, guesting at the podcast. Um, I'd like to thank my parents and all my sponsors, Petron and Autoplus, helping me since uh, I was very young. You know probably the one of the biggest reasons why I'm here today. And yeah, uh, you could go follow me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Eduardo Cosateng. Uh Yeah, that's it. All right. You're on, you're on mute, Clara. <laughs> oh, sorry. Here's one thing before you You guys sign cards like the F1 drivers. Because if you uh, do... I, th- I think I we will soon. I'm not sure. I'd love to get a card because you'll have good company if we get a card. You'll be with Lewis Hamilton, Michael Schumacher, and my collection of side <laughs> cards. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. Battle, they're all there. <laughs> yeah, I'll go make one. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Send yeah, it to us. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah, sure, Eduardo, sure. thank you so much for yeah. joining us. We'll thank just you. put you backstage as Claudia and I will wrap up. We wish you all the best and the Philippines will be behind you. No doubt about that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's been it's been an honor guesting at your podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you, you again. So much. Okay, so that was a great episode, Claudia. We go racing 101 and we have a Filipino <laughs> representing the Philippines yeah. in the in yeah. Europe. And that's like top level racing, of course. What yeah, do you think about is. this episode? Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty excited. You know, I wanna actually watch his career. Hopefully he rises up to become uh, just like what Lewis Hamilton. I'm a I'm a uh, I'm not really a Lewis Hamilton fan, but the fact that uh, you know you have a Filipino in in F4, hopefully gets to F3, and F2, and then the uh, first Filipino in F1. Well, if we have any Pinoy who, la- who races like Lewis in top level, yo, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't yeah. mind at all, right? I mean, <laughs> Lewis, pe- people say, "Hey, Lewis is just gonna win anyway," but hey, why not, right? If it's a I Pinoy, know, right? of course. <laughs> anyway, let's get on. To wrap up with our um, commitments, of course. So, again, who the heck are we? A member of the Globally Ballin Network. Our episodes are available on video. Check them out on the page of Globally Ballin. Subscribe and hit that bell button. And check out our sister shows, the Globally Ballin Podcast with Aaron Aronson, where you look at sporting opportunities around the world. We have five minutes with also for your analysis-oriented show. Hear it first from the athletes themselves. And then we have hang time for your volleyball conversations with Denise Dinsai. And last but not the least, we have an eternity of basketball where you relive the golden era of Philippine hoops. They've had guests from the likes of Tim Cohn all the way up to Norman Black. And again, who the heck are we? This episode is sponsored by Chops to Go. Check out their branches for your chicken chops and chips in SM Bikutan, SM South Mall, and SM North Edsa. And last but not the least, your delicious and healthy Adlai from Hineluban. Hineluban, rather. Check out. <laughs> check out their social media pages again. And that does it for the show with Eduardo Cosetang. 